Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Reach. Hey, yeah, you guys are responsive this morning. Um, man, praise God. It is so much fun to be able to gather together and worship, worship God together. Amen? Uh, amen. My name, yeah, again, my name is Luke Hedinger. You may be wondering, who is this guy and why is he, why is he up on stage? Um, I, my wife and I, uh, we, we live in Columbia, Missouri right now. Um, and we, we're part of an organization, uh, a ministry, a counseling practice called uh, Restore Counseling Services. Um, and I've been in ministry for a long time. I'm just kind of shotgunning you uh, in the introduction because Pastor Andrew is supposed to introduce me. So I'm trying to introduce myself. Um, but I met, I met Pastor Andrew, um, it's been a long time ago. I'm really bad with, with numbers and time. It's like everything's the other day for me. Um, so I met Pastor Andrew a long time ago uh, at some classes, and we just, just really connected. And I was a part of the, uh, the denomination uh, that, that we're a part of and, and uh, just, just kind of got to interact with him. And, and since then, been in ministry for a long time. And since then, um, as, as the, the God has just kind of opened new doors for my wife and I, um, reconnected with Pastor Andrew here a little while back. And he was just telling me about all the things that God is doing here. Man, it is, it is awesome, right? It is awesome to see how God is, is bringing people from death to life. How, like, I was talking to Steve before the service, and God is working here in this place. Amen? Do you guys feel that? Okay, a lot of you do. Some of you are still waking up. That's right. There's really good coffee out there if you need that. Um, but so, so that's kind of why I'm here, and, and it's cool how God, God knows what's happening before it happens, right? Pastor Andrew's sick this morning, and it just so happened I'm here just by uh, coincidence, uh, but praise God because he is a good father who gives us good gifts. Um, if you have your Bibles, we're, we're going to continue to walk through the, the book of 1 Samuel. If you don't have a Bible, there are people who have Bibles. Uh, Reach Church would love to give you a Bible if you don't have a Bible. So uh, just go ahead and raise your hand up. No shame whatsoever. Just raise your hand up. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we'll get you one that's free of charge. They're nice Bibles. It's actually one of these right here. Nice Bibles. Um, but don't, don't leave without getting a Bible. If you have a Bible at home, it's collecting dust, maybe borrow one. But uh, um, yeah, go ahead and turn in that Bible to 1 Samuel. We're in chapter 7. And I get the, I get the privilege to, to walk with you, to continue to walk with you uh, through, the, through this book of 1 Samuel. Just thinking about what, is it, what does it look like to be dedicated? And this morning as we're, as we're turning there, let me, let me ask you a question. How many of you have seen the documentary series on Netflix called The Last Dance? I think that's what it's called, The Last Dance. Yeah, all right. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, don't run out and be like, oh, the pastor today sanctioned this documentary. It's not, I mean, it's whatever. But it, it follows, <laughs> it follows the, the Chicago Bulls through the 97-98 season. Uh, and I'm not a sports guy, so I'll probably get a lot of things wrong in this. But, um, but watching it, it was, it was crazy to watch it because the, the Chicago Bulls, you know, they're, they're going for their, I think, sixth, like, championship, um, which is, I don't know if it's ever been done since then. I, I don't know. Some of you can correct me afterwards. Not right now, but later. Um, <laughs> and it was crazy to watch this documentary series and... and uh, I mean, obviously the spotlight was on mostly Michael Jordan as he, as he kind of rose up through the ranks and, and it just followed this incredible athlete 
who is incredibly dedicated to the sport that, that he plays and how, how this, this athlete, because of his dedication, has arguably become one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Now, I know it's like, oh, Kobe, oh, the, the, you know, whoever, but, you know, come on, Michael Jordan. And, and as, he, as he rose to become this incredible athlete, he also brought his team along to be this incredible group of athletes who were incredibly dedicated to this sport. And, and spoiler alert, they won. And it was, I mean, it was crazy. And it was, it was fun because watching this, I, I grew up uh, in small town, Northeast Missouri, Kirksville, Missouri. Uh, I grew up in, in a small, uh, small school. I graduated with like 22 people, um, super small school. And, and I remember though, I, I graduated in 1998, which makes me pretty old, but it also means <laughs> I remember, I remember drinking the Michael Jordan Kool-Aid. I mean, I, I, I remember as I was watching this documentary series, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that happening. I remember that happening. And, and, and I, I, had, I had the Michael Jordan posters, right? I, I had I, not a basketball player. I was on the team because that's the type of school I was at. But I was super small. <laughs> but I had the posters. I had the one where his arms were stretched out, palming the basketball. You guys remember? Yeah. And, the, and it said some inspirational quote underneath of it. I don't remember what that was. But but. I had the posters in my room. I, I, I wanted, I don't think I ever had a pair of Air Jordans, but I wanted them, right? I wanted the shoes. I mean, I was all in the song, I want to be like Mike. That, that was me. I wanted to be like Mike. I wanted to do the things that, that Mike did. The only problem was, well, two problems. I have no natural ability when it comes to basketball. That's a problem. The second problem was, I didn't want to do what Mike did, Right? I mean, it, it kind of came out in that documentary series. It's like, oh, Michael Jordan's not a very nice guy. He's, he's mean to people. He pushes people. It's like, yeah. I mean, of course he pushes people. He's so dedicated to the sport that if anybody came with, with any other level of dedication, I mean, he, he was hard on them. He hurt people's feelings. You know, it's like, come on. But it's like, you know, you watch that. And you see somebody who is incredibly dedicated. And it's like, yeah, I want, I want the fruit of that dedication like that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. I, I don't want to. I mean, I, you know, again, I was on the basketball team. But it's like, you know, I was on the team. Uh, I, I was that guy. I was that guy that I would go out and get playing time when we were either so far ahead that I couldn't screw anything up. Or we were so far behind that it didn't matter. You know, it's like... <laughs> Hedinger going in, doesn't matter, you know. Like, okay, I don't know what plays. Yeah, it doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't want I, I to put all the effort in. I didn't, you know, like practice. I didn't want to shoot all the free throws. I wanted the fruit of dedication, but I didn't want the devotion that required, that, that dedication requires. And, and that's kind of how we are, isn't it? Collectively, Yeah. That's, that's kind of how we, we want the rich, quick schemes. We want the miracle diet pills. We want the muscles without the, the working out. I mean, do you guys remember, do you guys remember the, the belts that my, a friend of mine, yeah, a friend of mine, you know what I'm going to say. A friend of mine in college had these, like you, you wear this belt and then it had this like thing, like a remote control with it that you could, it would shock your abs. You guys remember this? Yeah, and, and you could dial up the intensity. And the idea was that I can, man, I can have a six-pack abs stomach, like a hard stomach just watching television because this belt does all the work. 
I mean, that's amazing. That's what I want. You see, that, that's what we want, though. We want all that. And, and it's true not only in our lives out there, but it's also true in our lives in here when it comes to God, Right? We want the fruit of dedication. We want God, yes, like all the songs we're singing, yes, we, we want your peace. We want your, all, all hail. But at the same time, when it comes to going out there, it's, it's so hard to actually be all in when it comes to our spiritual walk, isn't it? If we're honest with ourselves. See, in the reality this morning, as we continue to walk through the, the book of 1 Samuel, what I, what I believe that we see over and over is that to be dedicated means to be all in, right? To be dedicated means being all in. It, let's, I, I want to pray for us, and then we're going to start reading. God, I, I pray that you, would, that you would give me words. God, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give me words, and I pray that you would, that you would meet us in this place. I pray that you would give us uh, ears to hear, hearts to comprehend. And God, I pray that, 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 we would, that we would leave this time more in love with you than when we came in more dedicated than when we came in, and it's in your name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and take those Bibles. First Samuel chapter 7, starting at verse 3. It says, Then Samuel said to all the people of Israel, If you want to return to the Lord with all your hearts. Okay, let's just stop there real quick, okay? I, I should have warned you. We're going to go real slow, and then we're going to go real fast, Okay. If you want to return to the Lord's with the Lord with all your heart, I I love I love as as we kind of go. If if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go online watch uh, Pastor Andrew's message. This is this is a kind of a continuation of that. Okay, because because when we think about where the people are in this situation, in the context, uh, the very beginning of chapter 7 and the end of, of chapter 6, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the physical representation of God's presence has just been brought back to the people. The Philistines, they, they took it, uh, the, uh, yeah, they, they took it, they... Uh, they had captured it. They put it in the, their temple, uh, putting it before their God. And, and they realized, yeah, that's a bad idea. So they sent it back, all the hemorrhoids and stuff. Go back, watch last week's message. Some of you, yeah. Um, they're like, that's a bad idea. So they send it back, right? They, they, they send it back to the, the Israelites. The Israelites get it. And, and they, they don't know how to even be in the presence of God. And so God God disciplines them and God kills some of them and they they come to the place where they're like who can even be before this God who can who can even stand who can be good enough and so they send the ark away and for 20 years it says the Israelites mourn or long after God and and I love it because it says in chapter 7 in the very beginning of chapter 7 verse 2 says the ark remained in Kiriath Jerimim for a long time 20 years in all during that time all Israel mourned because it seemed the Lord had abandoned them can we just read that again the end of it during that time Israel mourned because it seemed the Lord had what had abandoned them it's, it's interesting to me that the Israelites, they, they're like, okay, send it away. And now, now they're in this place of mourning and longing. And, and the, the threat of the Philistines is still there. There's still this, the, the enemies of God are still breathing down their neck. And it's almost as if the Israelites are saying, where are you, God? 
Where are you in my situation? Where are you in my health crisis? Where are you in my job security? Where are you, God? And, it, and they're longing and they're crying out because it seems as if God had, what? Abandoned them. And then Samuel comes on the scene, and the first thing he says is, if you're going to, what? Return to the Lord. I love it because what Samuel does is we're talking about what does it look like to truly be dedicated, not just want the fruit of dedication, but have the devotion that dedication requires. And he comes in and he says, let's get one thing straight right off the bat. God didn't leave you. You left God. Let's, let's get this straight. Let's, let's understand who it is that we are serving. Let's understand who it is that we're longing after. Let's understand who it is whose presence we truly desire. It's a God who, who didn't desert you. It's actually a God who is dedicated to you. And yet you are the ones who strayed from him. That, that changes things, doesn't it? Doesn't that change things in our understanding? That changes things in our thinking as we come before God? I mean, to, to understand that, I mean, throughout Scripture, what we see over and over as, as we look at who God is and the character of God, I mean, oftentimes that we see in the Old Testament that God is described as a loving husband, right, who has a marriage covenant with a bride who continually breaks covenant with him. Let me put that in layman's terms. He is a husband whose wife continues to cheat on him. And in that illustration, guess who we are? The wife, the cheaters, right? And, and not to say, oh, we're so bad. Oh, look. But at the same time, this is, this is describing who God is. He is the God who, he, in, uh, in other illustrations, I mean, the prodigal son, who is, who is God in that illustration, in that parable? He's the father who loves his children, who wants to give good gifts, who wants to provide, who's, who's looking and longing for his kids to come back to him. And we are the sons, plural, the sons who say, yeah, I, I don't know about that. I'm going to see what's over here. I'm going to go to a faraway land and see what I can get out of it. Yeah, that's, that's great that you want relationship with me, but I'm going to go over here. Or that's great you want relationship with me, but I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to do all these things to try and make my own way. We're, we're both at times the younger uh, son and the older son. And yet throughout scripture, what we see about God is that he is faithful to his people, that he is devoted to his people. And yet sin, what sin is, literally, it is his people saying, yeah, that's great, but I'm going to go over here. I mean, you think about Genesis 3, you think about Adam and Eve. I mean, they were created to be in relationship with God, right? And yet when the offer came, not to just be with God, but to be like God, they took it. When, when the enemy of God came in and said, yeah, that's great that you get to be with God, but what if, what if you could set your own parameters? What if you could say what was right and wrong for yourself? What then? And we took it. That's what sin is, right? And yet what we see first and foremost as we look at what does it mean to be dedicated, we first have to understand that we serve a God who is dedicated to his people. 
I, I love the, the verse Exodus, uh, in Exodus 34, verse 6, um, as, as God is declaring who he is to Moses, I mean, the, the one of the things he says is, it, it, he's, he's kind of marching through this canyon. If you remember, he puts uh, uh, Moses in the, in the cleft of the rock, and, and you know, he's, he's marching through, and he says, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. God wants us to know that he is faithful to his people. And that is good news as we try and think about what does it mean to be dedicated because we are, at times, we are more interested in the fruits of dedication than the relationship with a God who is dedicated to us. Right? Amen? Amen. He, goes, he goes on to say, if we, if we continue to read, then Samuel said to all the people of Israel, if you want to return to the Lord with all your hearts, get rid of your foreign gods and your images of Asherah. Turn your hearts to the Lord and obey him alone. Then he will rescue you from the Philistines. Let's, let's just stop there. If you, if you notice as, as he's saying, all right, let's, let's define this. Let's describe what it means to be dedicated. The first thing he says, all right, God is dedicated to you. He is waiting with open arms saying, let me, just, let me just hold you. Let me love you no matter where you are, no matter what you've done. Let me hold you. Let me love you. And he says, if you want to return to the Lord, what's he say after that? With, yeah, that's right. With all your heart. I like group participation. If you are going to return to the Lord with all your heart, I love because Samuel says, look, this is, this is not like a subway Christianity type of thing, right? This isn't, this isn't like you come in and say, yeah, I, I really like all the meat, but, but let's just leave off those pickles and the onions. Let's, I'm, I'm not about that, and, you know, or, or like he's, he's, not, he's not allowing any room to say, well, I, I really like these parts of, of the Bible, or I really like these parts of what I see about God, but you know, some of that Old Testament stuff, oh, I don't know about that. I don't even know how to, I don't know what I think about that. So we're just going to leave that on the shelf. No, it's, it, it, or, or he's not saying, yeah, God, I want you in my life when it comes to security and peace, but, but don't mess with my finances, Right? I want you in my life when it comes to security and peace. I want you in my life when it comes to, to end time theology because that, you know, like I, you know, revelation, ooh, let's not just, let's not even go there. I, I, I want to be raptured up and get out of this place or, or whatever. You know, I, I want those things, but don't, t- don't, don't mess with my, uh, my purity in relationships. Right? I'm all in about 80%. But that rest... Let's just keep that there, right? I love because Samuel's saying, if you are going to return to the Lord, so first of all, God is dedicated to you. He's saying, you don't get to define that relationship. If you are going to return to the Lord with all your heart, what's he say? Put away these other things. Put away the Asherah. Put, put away the other gods. Put away the stuff that's in your life that, that you have that you're like, yes, I want God and I want God and how I do my fine. I want God and how I uh, consume entertainment. I want God and how I talk to my coworkers. I want God and whatever, fill in the blank. I want God and it's... Um, I remember, I remember, it's been a long time ago, I watched this, I watched this like National Geographic video where, where they talked about uh, catching, I think it was baboons. Um, catching back. I'm going somewhere with this. Like the, these these people, they're they're out like uh, in the 
Sahara or whatever. And there's these big like ant hills, um, like big mud ant hills. And what they would do is uh, these people would go, they'd, they'd dig a little hole in the ant hill. They'd put something shiny in there. And they knew the monkeys were watching them. And, and so then they'd walk away, and pretty soon the monkeys would come up. They'd look at it. They'd inspect it. They'd see that shiny thing in there. They'd reach in. They'd grab it. But then they couldn't pull their hand out because now their hand is, is clenched around the shiny thing. And then the people would come up. They'd just walk up. Boop, 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 boom, pop. And monkey for supper. I, you know, it's like too far. Uh. But the idea was, the idea is that that monkey, he wanted his freedom and he wanted that shiny thing in the hole. But because he tried to hold on to both, he lost both. See, in the same way, we want the fruit of dedication. We want what comes with that. And yet at the same time, we want to define what it looks like or how far we'll go or what we'll get rid of. It's, it's like if, you, if, you ever, if you've ever like asked somebody out, right? If you've ever, ever asked somebody to be your girlfriend or I guess boyfriend too, I guess that applies. I don't want to be sexist. Um, just talking about my perspective, right? Uh, but if, if, you, if, you ever, if you've ever asked somebody out and you're like, hey, will you be my girlfriend or you want to go steady with me or however, I don't know. I don't know how kids say it these days. I'm too old. Um, you want to, hey, let's do this thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that, you know, and, and, and that person is like, oh, you know, that's super nice, but I just want to be friends, right? You've been there. Yeah, and even in the way you say that, you, you know, I just want to be friends. You know, nobody ever gets that response, and then they go back to their friends, and, and they're like, oh, how'd it go? And she's like, she said she just wants to be friends. Like, yeah, high five. I got another friend. Nobody ever does that. <laughs> right? Why? It's what? Rejection. It's rejection. It's rejection that that person that is being offered something more than friendship, they're trying to redefine it. And what it actually is, is rejection. See, when, when God comes to us and he says, I want to be your God and you can be my people. And we say, yeah, 80% I'm in. What is that? Rejection. It's not dedication. It's rejection, even though we say, yeah, I like God, but I don't know if I like, like God. I don't know if I want to be all in in all these other areas. And as we try and redefine it, God's saying, no, 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 no. No, that's not for you to redefine. See, if we are to be dedicated to God, not not just want the fruits of dedication, but have the devotion that's required for dedication, it's, it's allowing God to define what that relationship looks like. It's allowing God to define what it looks like for us to be all in with him, right? Not for us to say uh, this, this much and no further. See, Samuel says, if you want to come to God with all your heart, you got to put those other things away. And, and I love it because, because that idea of putting away is actually turn from, turn away from those things and turn towards God. He, he goes on to say, um, turn your hearts to the Lord and obey him alone. Obey him alone. You know, the, the, that word turn your heart, it's, it literally means be established in or, or, or set your life upon. It's be anchored in. 
What it means to, to actually be dedicated to God means we, we need to be established in him. It's, it, it, any of you, um, any of you gone rock climbing? Anybody ever done that? Um, yeah, so if, you, if you're going to Hidden Acres, they've got a rock wall there at uh, Camp, what is it, Refuge? Camp Refuge. So youth, you got to go. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome, super fun. Um, I, I, was at that, I was at that camp and uh, just climbing up the wall. And there, there's some parts in it that it's like, Ugh, I don't know if I should do this. Like there's one part where it kind of bumps out like that and then it goes up and over. But I'm kind of, a, I'm pretty stubborn. And if, if I see something, it's like, I don't know if I could do that. Okay, I'm going to try to do that. So I'm climbing up, and, and I'm reaching around. I'm going over, you know, and, and I made it, of course, because I'm super strong. Um, but but I, I'm also very sarcastic. But uh, So I go up, but you know, you know the only reason I tried to do that, the only reason I, uh, that I attempted that? A girl? A girl? No. <laughs> I mean, that's a good guess. I can't lie. The only reason I attempted to do that is because I knew my rope was anchored in something secure, even though I was not. Even though the handholds I was holding on to might let go, even though my, I could feel the weakness in my arms and in my body as I was trying these different things, I knew that I could try it with confidence because I knew my anchor, my rope was anchored in something that was secure, even though my present situation was not secure. You see, what Samuel's telling the people is he's saying, put these other things away and be anchored in God. Be anchored in God. Him, because when we are anchored in God, we can do amazing things for the kingdom of God. Amen? When, when we know that we serve a God who, who is dedicated to his people, when we serve a God who, who says, it's not about how good you can do or, or what you can do, but it's about what I have done for you. See, the reality is I think oftentimes we can hear a message like this and it's like, okay, I need to be better. I need to be more dedicated. I need to try harder. And yet the reality of being anchored in God means that we're not anchored in, in our own activities or our own ability to perform, but we are anchored in, in, in what God has done already for us on the cross. It's not about how well we can build. It's about what we're building on. Amen? Uh, you, we see places like Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. He says, by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a work of God through Jesus Christ, right? Not, not a result of works so that no one may boast. What is Paul saying there? He's, he's, he's saying, look, this is what it means to be saved. Not trying to clean yourself up. Not trying to be better. Not trying to go. I, oh, God forbid we walk away from this place saying, okay, pastor said, I got to... I got to be more dedicated. I got to be this. I got to be that. No, 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 no. No, we need to let these things go and, and establish our life in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross that he took your sin and gave you his righteousness. And therefore, we can be secure in him. Amen? And, and out of that, he says, he says be secure, uh, put, turn your hearts to the Lord, and obey him alone, serve him alone. Out of this established, out of, out of us establishing being anchored in the, in the person of Jesus Christ, in the finished work of God on the cross, 
Right? He says then out of that flows a life of, of obedience and, and service. And I think oftentimes we can, we can see this and it, it feels almost like God is a divine narcissist. Right? If you, you know, it's like, oh, all he wants me to do is serve him. Oh, all he wants. But the reality is, is that we all live in service to something or s- someone as people, as human beings. We are created for worship. And if we don't worship God, we will worship something else. We will fill that space. I mean, it, if, you, if you're in a relationship, if you're married or if you're just dating, you're in service to someone, right? If you have kids, you're in service to someone. If you, are, if you choose to play a sport, you're in service to something. I, I, I remember one time, like one time, I, I got roped into fantasy football. I, I'm not a football guy. And, and yet it's like, oh, great, now I have another part-time job. It's like I got to, each week I got to see, okay, are any of my players injured or any of my, you know, it's like, this is ridiculous. And yet all of these things, we're in service to something. And you may be saying, well, you don't, Luke, you don't know me at all. I'm not in service to anything. In fact, uh, the, all I do is binge watch Netflix for the majority of my waking hours. <laughs> Great. I would say that you're in service to something. I would say that you are sacrificing, that you are laying down your life, your, your minutes and hours and, and days and life. You are laying down your life on the altar of entertainment, that you are in service to yourself and to be entertained. You're in service. You see, the reality is God is not a divine narcissist. When, when Samuel says, turn your heart to the Lord and obey him alone, what God, I believe that what we see in God is God knows that the way we are designed is that we will never be satisfied until we find our satisfaction in him amen amen it's the same reason why jesus says in matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you let me teach you because i am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden i give you is light and that yoke that he talks about, it's uh, it, it, the, the idea Pastor Andrew talked last week about the, the yoke that's put on the necks. That it was put on the neck of the cows that they, they carried the, the cart with the ark on it. It's, it's the same idea, the yoke that you put around the neck. See, uh, teachers in, in, the, uh, in Judaism, each teacher, each rabbi would have their own yoke that people would take upon themselves. And it wasn't a physical yoke. It was, it was how they viewed the law. And how they carried out the law in their own personal lives. And some of, these, some of these laws and the way the teachers, it would be crushing to the people. They would pour so many to-dos on the people that, that it, it, just, it just crushed them. And yet Jesus in the midst of all that says, hey, there is, like, I'm still giving you guidance. I'm still giving you direction. But my yoke is easy and the burden I give you is light. See, see that the idea of us finding our satisfaction in God, it's a, it's a, it's a burden. It's a direction. It's a guidance that, that brings life. It doesn't crush. It's like, a, it's like a trellis for a vine, right? I mean, like grapevines, they need structure in order to be fruitful because if there's no structure for a grapevine, then they just grow out on the ground. Animals eat the fruit, they get trampled underfoot. But if you put a structure behind that grapevine, it grows upward and the fruit just manifests and it grows and it produces. And that's what God, that's what Jesus says is he says, follow me, put my yoke upon you. 
Turn away from these things. Serve me. Establish yourself in me. And let's, let's keep reading. It says, and he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. See, when we place ourselves under the yoke of God, we receive, we receive, we receive the fruit of that dedication. And it, this isn't prosperity gospel, right? This isn't prosperity, but the reality is if we follow and serve God, we will find peace and rest for our souls. That's just reality. That we will find peace in the midst of uncertainty, that we will find peace in the midst of a pandemic, that we will find peace and security in the midst of job insecurity, in the midst of health, in the midst of all these things. We will find peace when we take on ourselves the yoke that God offers. Amen? What does it look like to be dedicated to God? It means being all in. It means turning away from and turning to and receiving and, and establishing our heart in the finished work of Jesus and taking upon ourselves the, the incredible gift that God offers, which is to be, to be servants of him, to be satisfied in him. Let's, let's read on. This is the really quick part, okay? And some of you are like, we still have a long ways to go through chapter 7. We don't have much time left. Verse 5, then Samuel told them, gather all of Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah, and in a great ceremony, drew water from a well and poured it out before the Lord. They also went without food all day and confessed that they had sinned against the Lord. It was at Mizpah that Samuel became Israel's judge. When the Philistine rulers heard that Israel had gathered at Mizpah, they mobilized their army and advanced the Israelites. Uh, The Israelites were badly frightened. When they learned that the Philistines were approaching, don't stop pleading with the Lord our God to save us from the Philistines, they begged Samuel. So Samuel took a young lamb and offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering. Real quick, Pastor Andrew talked a lot about that last week, if you remember. The, the type of offering, and we see this again here, this, this, this being all in. He pleaded with the Lord to help Israel, and the Lord answered him. Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines arrived to attack Israel, but the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day, and the Philistines were thrown into such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. The men of Israel chased them from Mizpah to a place below Bethkar, slaughtering them all along the way. Okay, real quick. What we see there in that, in that passage is I believe it is an external representation of what we just talked about that happened internally with the, the Israelite people. You see that? See, the, the Israelites are saying, God, we want more of you. And Samuel's like, okay, but that means you got to let go of these things. You got to lay these things down. You got to be established. You got to serve. You got you to go. And, and then they come together to, to have this external representation of what just happened internally. They, they draw water and pour it out before God. They fast, representing the fact that we are poured out before you. They fast from food, representing the fact that we understand that nothing satisfies but you. And they offer a whole burnt offering representing the fact that all of our lives are given towards you. Over and over and over again, what we see is an external representation of what they're doing internally. This confession of sin, turning away from sin, establishing themselves in in God, with God, saying, we want to be dedicated and we know that that means being all in with you. And as a result, God works on their behalf and provides them peace. 
You see that throughout? See, then, then what happens, and again, this is, this is where we're going fast, right? But, but then what happens is afterwards, I mean, God, God wins the battle for them. And then the Israelite people, they just kind of mop up behind him. Right? And, and then in First uh, Samuel uh, verse 12, 7 verse 12, it says, Samuel then took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshna. Sometimes those, it's like, how do I pronounce that? I don't know. You just got to do it with confidence. He named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. I, we we kind of go from, okay, this is what it looks like to be dedicated to God. To be all in, to be, uh, to be established in the finished work of God, to be anchored in God. But then I believe what we end with here today is, okay, that's what, if, if we're saying, that's what we want to do. God, I, I know I have things that I'm still holding on to. I want to let those things go. I want to turn from those things. I want to be all in for you. I, I, I love it because I believe what we see chapter 7 ending with is to say, okay, if you want that, how do you continue to foster that? Let's, we're, we're defining what this is. Okay, let's continue to, to follow. How do you foster that? And there's two things. The first thing is we need to continue to remember the goodness of God in our past. We need to continue to look back on our past and remember what God has done. You see, what, what we see here is they, they, they chase the armies of, of the enemies of God. They chase them to this physical location. And in this physical location, Samuel comes and he sets up the stone. And have you heard the song, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on the name of it, but here I raise my Ebenezer, hither. yeah, okay, what's that song? Come Thou Found, that's right, one of my favorite songs, I don't know, my brain doesn't work sometimes, but, but uh, you know, and, and oftentimes we, we sing that and it's like, here I raise my Ebenezer, what, what in the world even is that? And yet what it is, is, is there's this physical representation it's saying this, let's remember at this place, at this time, this stone represents God's faithfulness to us. And we're going to remember, we're going to remember this. When we come to this stone years from now, we're going to remember God is our deliverer. God delivered us from the hands of the, the Philistines. God continued to, to lift us up. And, and I believe the reason we need, to, we need this in order to continue to foster a life all in for God is because um, we are so quick to forget, aren't we? C.S. Lewis, a, a, a dead theologian, says that we need to remember way more often than we need to be taught. Because we forget how often, how often, you know, if you're, if you're talking to your kids, there's times where your kids are like, I never get to blah, blah, blah. Or you always, it's like, really? You never? I always? Come on now. But we can be hard on our kids, but how often, if you're married, how often do you get in those arguments where it's like, you always say, it's like, we're so quick to forget, aren't we? Not just our kids. How, how many of you during winter during winter, it's like, I, can, I cannot remember a time where I was not cold. <laughs> it's supposed to snow tomorrow. That's, that's dumb, right? <laughs> There's times where it's like, I don't even remember being warm. We're so quick to forget. 
When we get in the middle of everything, we're so quick to forget the goodness of God. And and I believe that what we need to do is we need to continually, daily, we need to be getting into God's word. We need to be journaling. We We need to be remembering God's goodness. Weekly, when we come together as a community of believers and when we praise and when we worship and when we testify and we we hear stories of God's goodness, that is remembering God's goodness. It's fostering a life that's all in. And I believe even, maybe even yearly, we need to go back to places where we remember what God did. Have times where uh, we just got through Lent. Lent is a great time of remembrance. See, what we see there is we say, if we want to foster a life that's all in, we need to remember God's goodness in our past. But not only that, and, and you, can, you can read it. We just have a few seconds left. The second thing, we need to continue to keep an eye on our future as well. The last, the last part of this passage, it says that Samuel set up these different places where he judged the, the Israelites. And, and yearly, he would, he would do these circuit riding, and he would judge them at these different places. And, and what we see there, it's not like Samuel setting up like a Judge Judy type of thing. Where it's like, oh, you are terrible, and you're, you know, it's, that's not that. These places, it says, if you go back and read uh, Bethel and Gilgal and Mizpah, they're, they're spiritual places for the Israelite people. See, the, I, I love the, the, the verse, Proverbs 4.26 says, Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. What that literally means is wherever your feet are pointing, that's where you're going to go. Right. And so what we need to continually do, if we want to be all in for God, we need to continue to say, okay, God, like what path am I on? Because that's going to determine where I end up. Are you on a path that leads to God or are you on a path that leads to something else? Because what we need to continue, I, I remember, um, I remember, <laughs> I remember when I, I was working for my uncle, we were putting shingles on roofs, I was super young, and, and we were getting, we were, I mean, just moving, we were just burning, going through it, and I, I remember my uncle being like, yeah, did you guys look back to see how things were going? And you know, we're just boom, 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 we get up and we look back, and it's like, it's you know, the shingles are going off like, you know, and my uncle, praise God for him, he just kind of just shakes his head and we just start ripping them off because it was so crooked. And then after that, it's like, you got to lay down a line. You got to continue to measure. You got to continue to continue to keep an eye on your path. See, this morning, what I, what I want us to walk away from this saying is, God, God, I want to be all in. I want, maybe, maybe you've come into this, this place here this morning holding on to things and you're saying, yeah, God, I want you, but I don't know if I want you want you. God, I, I, I love the fruit of all these things, but I don't know if I want to be all in. And you see, Christian, reach church. We don't get to define what that relationship looks like. If you are far from God this morning, it's not because God left you, it's because you wandered away from God. God is a God who stands and he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me. We serve a God who is dedicated to us. And and the call this morning is for us to come back to him and establish our lives in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen? And in that, let's, let's foster a relationship. Let's foster this, this idea of being all in by remembering, man, God was faithful back here and back here and back here. And I'm going to continue to have these places in my life where I'm just, I'm keeping an eye on where my feet are at. 
Because it's so easy to drift, isn't it? It's so easy to drift. And yet it is only in God that we will find true satisfaction. Let's, let's pray. God, we thank you. We praise you for, for your love for us. We praise you for, I praise you that you are a God who is dedicated to your people. God, I praise you that, that there are times, there, there are times where, where I know I have, I have strayed, I know I have wandered, I know, God, that, that I am so quick to forget that you are good and you continue to be good to me. And, and God, I just ask this morning that if there's anybody that has come through those doors still holding on to things that are not of you, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in a new way this morning. God, help us to see you. Help us to experience you, God. And help us to understand that, that the work is already done. You're just asking us to receive it, to walk into it, to be a part of it. We praise you, God. We thank you. And we pray that you would continue to work. Help us to be people who are all in. It's in your name. Amen.